Praise the Lord, everyone. Thank you for joining the Impact Broadcast on today with Dr. Lisa Marino. We want to um, continue our study on today on the present reformation of the church, and we're going to specifically be speaking about foundations for the um, present reformation. Um, let us pray. Father God, we glorify and magnify your name on today. We thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to speak into the lives of your people. We ask, oh, Father God, that um, we will have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church in this hour in reference to um, the present-day reformation of the church. So, Father God, we just ask, oh, Father God, that you would anoint this word, that you would give us ears to hear and open our hearts so we might receive what does say the word in, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> So um, today we're going to be talking about foundations for the present reformation as we're going to be studying for the next several weeks the present reformation of the church. We must remember that when God moves in the earth, he does not give a name to his moving. Men apply names to the spiritual movements of God in order to provide clarity and definition. However, names can sometimes lock in the minds of men to perceive only very narrow areas of manifestation. While God may be moving along a fairly broad um, bandwidth and doing several things across the globe all at the same time, we must be very careful that our definitions are therefore flexible and not binding um, and dogmatic. We must provide clear and precise descriptions of what God is doing while not creating walls and new strongholds in the minds of men. Um, that make it difficult for future migration to new levels of understanding in the continual prophetic activities of God in the earth. <clears throat> in the years past, several names have been given and used to describe our perception of what God is doing in the earth. Names such as a post-denominational move of God, um, the, the, the Second Reformation, Apostolic and Prophetic Move of God, um, Global Prayer Movement, um, the Apostolic Reformation, these just to name a few. All of these names point to um, either several or, or several or single di- dimensions of the total moving of God in the earth that are identifiable at the present time. All are accurate definitions of aspects of his moving. But let us briefly name some easily observable features of this present move that can be identified across the globe in every sector of the church that will help us into a very comprehensive comprehension of the present reformation of the church. One of the things is that a complete radical renovation of the mentality of the church as God moves all aspects of limitation from our faith. God, by his spirit, through the power of apostolic impartation, is moving the global church to inhabit an entirely new paradigm in this century. The strength of apostolic warfare, is the breaking of um, religious mentalities behind which Pharisee spirits have taken up strong residence in the church, preventing effective advance of the kingdom of God. We see in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 6, for the weapons of our apostolic warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down to strongholds, <clears throat> casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and and being ready to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Matthew chapter 23, verse 13, But woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, for you neither go in yourselves, nor do you allow those who are entering to go in. 
It is only through renovation of old mentalities that we can access the progressive nature of the will of God for our time. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what the will of God's will is, his good, pleasure, and perfect will. The other thing is a recognition that will that we are a generation of destiny coming rapidly into realization that we are in the best position to actually bring an end to the ages of our time. This is the first time in the history of the church since the early days of the book of Acts that there has been released among us general among us a general understanding and acceptance of apostolic and prophetic ministry as valid and teachable functions of the spirit of the body of Christ. For centuries we have killed the prophets and stoned those who were sent apostles. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37 speaks of this. Now that these ministries have again been received and the full fivefold dimension of Christ is operational in the body of Christ, we are prepared for the massive thrust toward the actual completion of the purposes of Christ in the earth. The set time of the Lord's favor on the church has come, and the final assault upon the last enemy, death, has begun. There is a prophetic generation that will be released from death. We see in Psalm chapter 102, verses 14, 16, 18, 19, and 21 says, we will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time of favor her, to time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. For the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear in his glory. This will be written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. For he looked down from heaven, he looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven, the Lord viewed the earth, to release those appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. The third thing is a radical movement away from dead religious tradition and local church limitation to a kingdom reality that invades every aspect of life. A mature Davidic mentality is rising upon the global church. All restrictions in every realm, social, cultural, political, economic, ethnic, organizational, denominational, that divide the body of Christ and hinder the effective advance of the kingdom are being shattered by the fire of prophetic apostolic presence in the church. The heart cry of the church is for the global expression of the glory of a risen Christ. Nothing will stop us. In 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 30, for by, for by you I will run against the truth, and by my God I can leap over walls. This emphasis of the emerging church is for kingdom, is for kingdom reality. Believers in this century, believers will not be separated by walls of denomination or ministry ambitions. In this reformation, God is implanting in the hearts of his children, the desire to be truly one with each other to express a global warfare against the domain of darkness. Jeremiah chapter 51, verse 31 and 32 says, Our number, our runner will run to meet a, another, and one messenger to meet another, to show the king of Babylon that his city is taken on all sides. The, the passages are blocked. The reeds 
They have burned with fire, and the men of war are terrified. Um, the fourth thing, I believe I'm on the number fourth, is that a positive bringing in of the mass of ordinary believers into the reality of ministry, thus radically broadening the base of the assault upon satanic positions in every area of life. God is imparting an apostolic spirit upon the lives of a millennium believe of all millennium believers. The purpose of the five governmental ministries has always been not to exalt themselves, but to impart to and equip the saints for effective ministry. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus equipped and sends out 70 believers in a strategic spiritual attack upon the entire region. He sends them two by two into every city and place there he himself was about to go. We see this in Luke chapter 10 and verse 1. These 70 are sent out under the same mandate as the 12 apostles who went out before, before them. You can compare this in Luke chapter 10 and Matthew chapter 10. But themselves are not apostles. The ones that were sent out were not apostles. The 70 represent the fullness of the apostolic spirit for effective breakthrough imparted to the body of Christ. These 70 break into demonic these 70 break into the demonic positions all across the territory and return to Jesus with triumphant news of satanic submissions. Jesus rejoices at the return, at their return, and at their acquisition of, of mystery, which was which has been hidden from the wise of ancient times, but is now released to base, going out in the power of an apostolic spirit. We see this in Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 24. All of the great patriarchal leaders sought to bring the saints um, into a greater sense of involvement and empowerment. In Numbers chapter um, 11, Moses is, released, Moses is releasing a dimension of his spirit upon 70 elders of the Jews. Two of them remain in the camp, but the spirit also comes upon them anyway. In response to the protest of the still youthful Joshua, Moses reveals the heart of any true leader of a Reformation movement among the people of God. We see this in Numbers chapter 11, verse 29. It says, Then Moses um, said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. The next thing is that a complete restructuring of the way the kingdom is, re is financed and the emergence of faith um, for huge financial input into the kingdom for the push to end all things. This reformation is bringing forth a prophetic court of millennium believers designed by the Spirit in their kingdom mentality to cause great prophetic pronouncements to come to pass in our day. Isaiah prophesied a generation of rising light and brightness, a generation that develops the spiritual power in the midst of the dark of the darkening tide of evil in their day. It is the it is it is to their light that the nations come bringing wealth from the kingdom for kingdom advancement. We see this in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 through 5. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be, will be seen upon you. The, Gentile, the Gentiles, the nations, shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your son shall come afar off, and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Then you shall see and become a radiant. 
and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, the wealth of the Gentile nations shall come to you, glory to God. One of the other things is a um, ferocious thrust into the governmental prayer across the nations of the earth as a tidal wave of prayer and expectation sweeps through demonic territories worldwide. Um, the heart of governmental prayer is the issue of apostolic decrees and prophetic declarations in accordance with the will of God, which blasts the purposes of God deep, in ter- deep into territory held by ancient demonic um, positions. Governmental prayer represents the changing spiritual character of the church into a more glorious, more spiritually militant position against the domain of darkness. In Isaiah chapter 62, verse 1 through 3, it says, For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. The Gentile nations shall see your righteousness and all kings your glory. You shall be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will name. You You shall also be a crown of glory in the hand of the Lord and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. The global church is indeed being called by a new name, and its character and spiritual patterns are being revised away from dead religion into a more urgent path, uh, into more urgent patterns of biblical accuracy. The mouth of the Lord has constantly throughout Scripture referred to the utterance of the prophets. We see this in Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 12, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 12, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 16. You can read those at your own leisure. It is the prophetic declaration that is remodeling, remodeling the character of the church towards more glorious patterns causing advance in the nations. In Ezra, a book of building of the house of God, representing apostolic technology for the spiritual building of the completed church of Jesus Christ, the central issues, issues concern the struggle of decrees against decree, decree against decree. Both the people of God and the satanic opposition issue powerful degrees that affect the progress of the work of building. And we see this happening today. The kingdom of darkness is sending out decrees, and so is the kingdom of God. The core question that must be settled is, who commanded you to build? We see this in Ezra chapter 5, verse 9. In the day of Reformation or the day of effective apostolic building, the issue of strong decrees in prayer is of is of prime importance. Micah chapter 7, verse 11 says, In the day when your walls are to be built, in that day the decree shall go far and wide. One of the other things that's happening in this hour of reformation with the church um, is a purification of ministry and ministers. As new leadership is shifted into place by the Lord as a global um, reshifting of leadership, is underway in the church. And we strongly see this happening in this hour. God is shifting things. He's uprooting things. He's tearing down, and he's getting ready to rebuild some things in the, in, in the, in the realm of, the, of ministries and even with leaders. The Reformation is limited to one country or culture. God is changing the form and pattern of the body of Christ. He is calling forth leaders and spokesmen from every corner of the earth and from every society and culture with a strong, authoritative declaration of the, of the now purposes of God. God is looking for people who's moving now and what he's doing now, not what he did last year, not what he did 5, 10, 15 years ago, but what he is doing right now. 
In many parts of the earth and in many sectors of the church, God will require new attitudes of humility as their um, mentalities of spiritual control will be shattered by emergence, emergences from different places. The other places God will require um, mentalities and depressed levels of personal significance to be broken as the spirit demands that leaders come forth into glorious anointing from low places. The word of the Lord will cover the earth. We see this in Numbers chapter 14, verse 21, but truly as I live, all of the earth shall be filled with my glory. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 says, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In the oceans, the waters do not pile up in one place. There may be different depths in different places, but the waters evenly cover the, the sea. So, too, it will be with the glory of the Lord. In this reformation, in this time of reformation, God has caused an apostolic equalization to occur in the earth. The word of revelation, the word of revelation will be piled up, will not be piled up in any one city or one society, but will spread into every culture and every country. Apostolic leaders will rise up from every place with mighty signs and declarations. Much ministry will be purified by the refining fire of the Lord as he suddenly comes comes to his temple, the church, in the day of reformation, and purges the sons of Levi as gold or silver is purged. You will see this in Malachi chapter 3, verse 1 through 5. The other thing that's happening is a global release in acceptance in prophets and apostles, completing and refining the function and power of the complete package of fivefold governmental ministry. For the first time since the book of Acts, church, we have operating in the church, the complete package of fivefold ministry as revealed by Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. These ministries are separate components brought together represent the full spectrum of Christ's anointing in the church today as they download or impart their resources into, into the eager waiting church. Without the operation of the fivefold um, governmental ministries, the fullness of the, of the awesome array of Christ's power flowing through the church cannot be seen in the earth. We need all the fivefold ministry gifts to be able to function freely and properly in the church today so that the world can see and understand what's going on, not only in the earth realm, but what's going on in the kingdom of heaven. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 to 13 says, And he himself gave some to the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, Till we all come to the unity and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to, to the measure of, this, of the statue of the fullness of Christ. The effective functioning and interplay of these fivefold ministries will create a strong dynamic in the body of Christ that will thrust it toward completion of the purposes of God. As the ministries relate to each other and flow as one stream, in the purposes of God, they will sharpen and refine each other to um, unprecedented levels of power and accuracy. Much of the spiritual interplay will be a hidden theology, a hidden technology out of sight of open manifestation and natural understanding. It will, however, be seen in a dramatic increase of the momentum of the global church. In its thrust towards covenant joining, throughout the body and in the shattering of false religious divisions um, as the body moves towards the unity of the faith. 
The church will demonstrate increased ability to bring forth the unhindered strength and final purposes of the Lord and a powerful end-time warfare that completely um, dominates and neutralizes the ability of satanic forces to resist its advance. As the Reformation matures um, in the earth and as the church moves forcefully um, into completion between the ministry gifts, will it will decrease until it no longer is a factor to be considered. The apostolic ministry will be fully released um, to take its place at the hymn of the advance and the apostles of the future will function in awesome displays of supernatural power and revelation in the earth. They will lead the church in the last great charge upon the last enemy, death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 24 through 26 says, Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom of God, when he, when he delivers the kingdom of God, the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. <clears throat> Um, the next thing um, that's happening in this hour in, in, in the present-day reformation of the church is a deliberate strategized, a deliberate strategized and heightened warfare against all um, illegitimate spiritual thrones worldwide as the church presses in for a global harvest of souls for the kingdom as God closes the ages down. The last command of Jesus was an apostolic mandate to disciple and teach the nations. We see this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, when he says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and, lo, I, will, I am with you always, even until the end of the ages. The church has always had a primary responsibility not to be limited to a parish, but to be custodians of the future mentalities and destiny of the entire earth. Jesus has never withdrawn his promises, his promise presence um, in the work, even to the end of the age. The inner vision of reformation is a vision of lost multitudes groaning from redemption. The thrust of uh, reformation is to send out workers armed with apostolic mentalities and to the harvest of the earth. And, you know, that's the thing that saddens me about what's going on right now in, in the earth realm, even though we're going through a lot of things in the world. You hear a lot of people preaching, teaching, and they put their cash apps out, and they want, you know, offerings and all kinds of things going on. I understand that. But we don't hear anybody talking about the harvest. Why are we not gathering the harvest in this hour? We have mass um, deaths going on and great sickness going on. But yet, nobody's offering the kingdom of God to anyone, and that really saddens me. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38, and chapter 10, verse 1 and 2 says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. And when he... He called the twelve, his twelve disciples to him. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast out, to cast them out, and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these. Reformation is a maturing and developing process. God releases his divine purposes 
according to his times and seasons determined before the foundation of the earth. His ministers in the church hear the command from heaven and begin to declare the current position of the spirit in the earth. Those whose hearts are hungry for God and whose ears are tuned to the frequency of heaven um, hear the voice of the Lord through the prophets and apostles and begin the awesome process of transformation to fulfill the purpose of the Lord in their lives. And so the journey to the next level begins. The next thing is an emphasis upon the um, internal issues of the space. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 through 15 says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the, to the resurrection from the dead. Now that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind, and if in, in, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this even unto you. The renewal of the internal struggle to, per, to perfection is a part of every genuine reformation move of God. The cry of the reformation is to be more like him as we return forcefully to the, to the experience of the inner journey as an integral part of the salvation process. The process of the children of Israel across the geographical wilderness after they were released by the powerful Reformation move of Moses was was met by an equally powerful journey from ignorance to understanding. It it was a journey uh, to accountability, responsibility, and maturity. They progressed from one state of weakness to one of battle-ready strength, from a disorderly rabble um, oppressed by a mentality of servitude to an orderly society that could invade um, heavily fortified territories and subdue them. Age heroes of the faith, like Caleb, were once subject, were once abject slaves in Egypt. Aaron, clad in the rich robes of the high priest and lifting up um, potent sacrifices to God was once treading out straw to make bricks in Goshen. This dynamic and honorable change is also a factor of the Reformation. Glory to God. So what this is saying is what you was once doing that was not of God, God is getting ready to shift you into a high place where you can be effective um, to a nation of people. Glory to God. Throughout the Bible, there is the drama and the ceremony of drawing closer to God there is always great grandeur, the lighting of lamps, the lifting of sacrifices and chants of the congregation in the passage of, so- of solemn assemblies. The air is filled with the sounds of the, the horns and trumpets and with the scent of incense rising up into the nostrils of God. The physical ceremony and grandeur of the Bible portrays a reality in the, in the heart of God. These things provi- provide prophetic pictures and pointers to the desire of God to see the ceremony and grandeur expressed spiritually in the heart of man. The writer of Hebrews speaks of the majestic grandeur of God's descent upon Sinai, but points us to an even more awesome dimension of majesty in our present approach to the true things 
of the of, of the spirit. We see this in Hebrews chapter Hebrews chapter 12, verse 18, 19, 22, and 24. And it says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, that may be touched and that burn with fire, and to blackness and darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are, who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. Reformation comes to lift us out of spiritual dimensions that have become mundane and to return to the dimensions where prophets of old fell on their faces before God. The other thing and final thing is that the globalization of the church is in effect. God is globalizing the church. He's trying to give us a more global perspective. And I'm not just talking about missions and going overseas and doing all this preaching so you can come back to the United States and say, I went here and I went there. No, God is globalizing the church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He brings the remnant in from the north, the south, the east, and the west, from every continent and country of the earth, praise God. Reformation pushes the church out of its parish mentality and towards a more global context. The finalization of the purposes of God absolutely requires a church that has the capacity to effectively impart, impact the earth on a planetary level. Mentality expansion is a necessity necessary ingredient for reformation. And what that means is you got to expand your mind past your borders and where you are and, and have a more global perspective. God's ultimate intent is to move, is a move of the kingdom that assaults the demonic positions globally. The stone in Daniel's vision crushes all the false mentalities and positions of the demonic domain and consumes them. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, it says, And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever, glory to God. Reformation is the set time of the Lord's favor on the church. It is a season of building up of Zion so that all nations shall fear the Lord. In Psalms chapter 102, verse 13 through 16, it says, You will rise and have mercy on Zion for the time of the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come for your servant take pleasure in her stones and show favor to her dust. So the nations shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth. Your glory, for the Lord shall build up Zion. He shall appear and his he shall appear in his glory. Glory, hallelujah. The inner sorrow of the move of reformation produces the upward thrust in God that lifts the church um, to a place of fame and acclaim in the nations of the earth. Zephaniah three verse eighteen and thir- and nineteen says I will gather those who sow over the appointed assembly who are among you 
to whom its reproach is a burden. I will appoint them for praise and fame in every land where they were put to shame. My prayer is that um, as we look into the depth of reformation, the process of reformation in the earth today, that our hearts will be deeply stirred and that we will be propelled towards the fullest boundaries of kingdom lifestyle for the believers of the new millennium. Father God, I just glorify and magnify your name. I thank you, Father God, for this word. I thank you, Father God, for shifting us and transitioning us into a more global perspective in lieu of where you have, want us to be in the realms of the spirit in the church world on today, um, that the foundations for the present reformation has been established, what needs to take place, what we need to do in order to be able to effectively go out into the world and preach the gospel and teaching them to observe everything that you have taught us. Help us to teach people what you have taught us and show them what you have shown us. I pray, oh, Father God, that all fivefold ministry gifts will come into divine alignment according to the counsel of your will for this time and this season in the kingdom of God. Let your will be done. In, 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 that your will be done in the earth as it has already been established in the heavens. We thank you that everything, everything has already been established. Your word has been established in the heavens, oh, Father God. And we ask, oh, Father God, that you would give us the strength, that you would give us the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding to carry out your kingdom mandate in the earth. In Jesus' name, we pray and we thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Impact Podcast with Dr. Lisa Verena. We pray that something that has been said has blessed you on today. We ask that God will um, continue to um, bless you and keep you during this time and during this season. In Jesus' name, amen.